Right time to get it going, people. This is the Bare Necessities Podcast. We're back at it. Taking you into another week with the Chicago for another contest. And, uh, you know, maybe not the best time to be a Bears fan or to be involved with the Bears, but, you know, we're still strong out here. We're still uh, proud and we're still giving you, uh, you know, the best Bears coverage that we can. And, and we, I mean, me, Kyle Means, editorial director, we are RegalRadio.com, War Media, everything associated with that name. And, of course, my man Ryan Bukovetsky, who writes and studies the Bears. He has one of his passions in the NFL at large. Ryan, what's going on, man? Uh, not too much. Uh, curious to see how this game tonight, and it's funny how you say my addiction, really, because you're looking at a Washington-Minnesota game that should be pretty simple on paper, but it's, it's got a little bit of a wacky start to it, and uh, hopefully we see an upset because certainly there's some good NBA, and I'm I'm deciding to try football first. That's That's how committed I am, Kyle. That's how true to the game Ryan is. You're definitely proving yourself tonight, man. Because yeah, I would I would be more inclined to watch uh, the the Rockets and Bucks right now. I'm I'm kind of just switching around myself with a couple of things. I mean, I kind of got ABD that way, but you know, it's yeah, it's, it's it's been a good sports week in in general. You know, adding you know with the with the NBA starting off and uh, the World Series stuff. It's been a lot of interesting stuff going on. Yeah, too bad the Bears aren't a part of it. Yeah, well, I mean, they are kind of, but not in the, not good the way, way we'd so, like, at least. Yeah, we'd like, we'd like to be more, you know, self-confident with that, but there's just been a lot of, uh, you know, it's a lot of drama, a lot of uh, melodrama and everything like that. But, you know, it's like things can change pretty quickly from week to week in the NFL. And, you know, if the Bears come out with a strong performance this week, you know, a lot, you know, not everything, of course, will be forgotten, but a lot could be put in the back seat, at least for the time being. But uh, it, like I said, we'll take, I think, a pretty impressive performance this week against the Chargers. Or, uh, so or we get we'll it, just take change, like you just mentioned a moment ago. How about some of that change week to week? Because we've only seen bad the last couple. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that's going to be up to the Bears themselves, like, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of what's been holding them back it seems to be self inflicted. You know, is you know, they played some good teams and certainly New Orleans was a good team, but you know, some when you talk about the way that the Bears utilize their run game and you know, just there's a lot of the things that seem to be really holding them back are just things that are pretty obvious and a lot of the, uh, I think the reaction to this team this week, we've been seeing a lot of breakdowns and stuff on, on social media. At least I've been seeing it on Twitter and stuff. You know, uh, people from across the, the football stratosphere sort of been looking into the Bears and what's been going on with them. And I think a lot of it has been, you know, I'm getting to this a little bit with the headline section uh, segment uh, later in the show, but you know, a lot of it just really has boiled down to the fact that the Bears aren't being true to themselves as a franchise and or they're just not doing, you know, rather simple things that we usually associate with the Bears. Yeah, you know, right now uh, it's just interesting to see what's going to happen moving forward because you really thought coming out of that bye week against the Saints – they're going to look different. It's going to be a different team. We're going to self-scout, uh, be in the Bears, and they would find a way to get, you know, the offense at least to a point that it could help the defense out, whether it's ball control or maybe finding a way to incorporate uh, some play action and get some deep passes that way. You know, whatever it is, whatever the defense really means that Sunday, that would be the goal. And 
really uh, the subset goal is getting Mitch Trubisky going. So you want to help him as much as possible and at least get him to be in a position where he can help you the most. And Matt Nagy came out with a game plan where you had 54 runs. The defense was seemingly on the field all game long. I mean, it was literally the exact opposite of what you expected him to do. And when you see him break Mark Tressman's record for least rushing attempts in a game, of course, uh, you're going to start wondering because it's been a while since Matt Nagy has put on a really good offensive performance with his guys. And uh, they haven't broken over 300 yards passing until, uh, you know, going into that game with the Saints. So it's really interesting to see what's going to happen with them this Sunday, knowing that you not only have the pressure of trying to win and trying to get back on schedule, but now you're trying to quiet down the doubters thinking that Matt Nagy might be Mark Tressman. Yeah, and that's definitely not an administration that we want to relive here in Chicago. I think we, we, one thing that's come up in in sort of the analysis of Nagy that could be compared to Tressman is that, you know, both men seem to be too hung up on their systems and their, their schemes and they, you know, to the detriment of the team where the team doesn't seem to be able to adjust in the ways that they should. When when they see that something isn't working out, they can't get out of their own their own plans that they have in their own comfort zones that they have for play calling enough to adjust to defenses and do things that can exploit you know, things that the defenses are giving them. And you know that's that's pretty tough to see. I think if you if you know if you want to call yourself an offensive genius or you know a, a you know a, a a play calling wizard at best, you know you should be able to have some sort of flexibility. I would think in the way that you execute and, and you know be able to adjust to your talents maybe in some way and do things that you know that will have like I say that could allow the Bears to not be so, uh, you know, assuming the, the defense to not be so pre-assuming about the Bears. But, uh, you know, as we as we look into this game here with L.A., the Chargers, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting because you got a team that's going to be – that's coming into this game that's, you know, in a lot of ways is just as desperate as the Bears are for a good performance and for good momentum. And you know, they they have they have of course a, a franchise quarterback, a well-known, you know, potentially dangerous guy week to week in in Philip Rivers. They have a you know couple of running backs that they could throw out there who you know who can possibly put up numbers. But it seems like since they since they've gained their supposed feature back, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon. And after his failed uh, attempt to get some more money, you know, he really hasn't done much. And, and that rushing attack hasn't done much in general. But this week, they also gained a big uh, a big piece of their puzzle offensively. And Russell Okung, their uh, left tackle, is uh, reported to be playing back after uh, missing the beginning of the season with injury. So uh, that could be a big – that could be a nice uh, – you know, uh, pick up for them, of course, as as a, you know, Okung is one of those guys, those, like I say, those prototypical big left tackle guys, a guy you can trust to keep your quarterback up upright and, you know, uh, anchor that offensive line. So we may be seeing a more, you know, optimal uh, rushing attack, a more optimal, uh, optimal offense in general from uh, San Diego this week. So, uh, you know, as we, Starting off with that, Ryan, you know, what what do you think about this matchup, and uh, you know what what type of uh, club, uh, what type of effort could we be seeing from a you know a, a pretty down Chargers team that's going to be coming into uh, Soldier Field this week? Yeah, I think uh, Kyle, in a lot of ways, this could be a trap game for the Bears, and you look at that two and five record coming in and. Really easily, the Chargers could have won their game against uh, the Titans last weekend, but had some just big gaffes at the goal line with fumbles 
and not getting in. And I think they've had about five turnovers inside the, the goal line to go this season. I mean, just something that you just don't normally see, which is usually a sign of bad luck. But as you pointed out, uh, getting your offensive lineman back, that's a huge for this Chargers team that's had a lot of offensive line woes. But even still, uh, Phillip Rivers has found a way to be a productive quarterback, even though uh, he has not gotten a lot of time and he's been under constant pressure. He is a, also a great leader and a big leader for that team, and I'm sure he's going to have them ready to go against the Bears uh, come this Sunday. And, uh, you know, this this is a Chargers team that has to mount their their run right now. They can't wait any longer, so they should be extremely desperate, uh, depending on, I guess, how the Bears come out with whatever – if they come out with the type of energy and desperation level to match – I think that they should have a good chance in this game, but it's going to be tough because this Chargers team does have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, and it's all in the details in this game. If you can find a way to slow down the stars of the Chargers, your depth being the Bears should find a way to get you over the top because there is a lot of injuries on this Chargers team. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think we, we've uh... – you know, in our all 32 podcasts and everything, make sure to listen to those each week uh, as well. So we've sort of been going over their woes. And uh, I, I think, you know, you've been mentioning other players that they uh, anticipate coming back or in the process of coming back. But, uh, you know, like you said, too, they've also just been, uh, you know, struck with some bad luck. And they've had, a, you know, a few close games. It could be a winning team if it wasn't for some of those tough breaks. Uh, but, you know, they just, like I say, they they just have been on the wrong side of things. And, but, but I, you know, looking at this matchup, I would think they would, they would, coming into this would probably have to be like, okay, this is a good draw for us this week because this is a team in the Bears that's not playing up to their abilities as well. And their offense, you know, just is doesn't. It's one of the worst in the league right now, execution wise. They're not putting up big numbers. They're not getting into the end zone with regularity. So, you know, as as we look at the Chargers' defense, you know, what type of, you know, what type of matchup do you think that's going to provide in regards to, you know, could could the Chargers, you know, give you know, given their personnel or, you know, who, whoever they're missing right now, could it actually provide a chance for the Bears to pick themselves up offensively? Oof. Yes and no. I, I think, first of all, we have to answer that question with a little bit of internal honesty when it comes to the Bears because it, it, it's really just not been a matter of them having – uh, you know, an advantage matchup wise, because whenever they've gone up against a defense they that they should play really well against, they haven't really done so so far this year. And I don't know if that's a matter of the Bears not being able to to get up and go or if, if it's just a matter of some teams have done some things that have been uh, have been really tough for the Bears to handle because we know with the offensive line that they've really struggled to run block and pass block against anybody. And that's including that Washington team that they played on Monday night that was really struggling. That offensive line, you would think, would be able to just take over that game regardless of how your quarterback's playing, and they just were not able to do so. So can that Bears offensive line get to a point where maybe they can dominate some folks? And this week it it could be easy. It could be tough. It depends. Melvin Ingram is questionable to play in this game. He's one of their superstar uh, pass rushers, and then obviously one of the Bosa brothers, Joey. He is a, a, a really uh, fantastic pass rusher at times, too. And, and Keenan Allen for the Chargers on offense is uh, potentially questionable. That's another big name. But sticking on the defensive side, to answer your question, Kyle, if that Chargers defensive line is able to do what the Saints did last week or really what most teams have done all year long, and that's not allow for the rush game, or the run game, uh, when Nagy is even willing to call those plays, it, it seemingly they're going to have to make some big gains for him to call run plays. 
and this offensive line is just not blocking in that manner. And then on top of it, too, if Mitch is going to throw a lot or even if uh, they are a little bit more balanced, are they going to be able to give Mitch some time to make some throws? Because he's not the type of quarterback that's just going to, uh, I think, make a bunch of throws under pressure and get you a bunch of yards downfield. You're going to be happy if he can do that somewhat okay, not uh, not something you can rely on versus Phillip Rivers, who – he could be under pressure all day and you could still see him have a pretty good offensive output because he's used to that. Yeah, it's, it's good that you mentioned Rivers. We, we, we'll go into that right quick, but just as, as a decide, there's been some, again, I've been talking about, uh, I mentioned some of the, uh, you know, breakdowns that people have offered uh, on social media and stuff of the Bears that, uh, a lot of it is dealt with the run game, but uh, there's been a couple of devastating ones too, dealing with Mitch and his reads and his inability to recognize open receivers again. That's something that's sort of dogged him for a while, but you know, really this week they've shown some stuff where it's. I think it, it was the one. Uh, there was the one breakdown in particular. Was it when he took that sack and it went to second it, and eighteen? Yeah, the camp. There was Cam Jordan oh sack. Oh my gosh, right? Kyle! If I could just, if you could have just saw me watching that play, I, I mean, that to me was honestly the worst play I've ever seen him make, at least live. Maybe on a replay of some other clip, uh, I've seen him do worse. But that, I remember just seeing that and thinking, well, the running back had a really nice lane there. I guess he didn't hand it off. Why didn't you throw it off? It seemed like a guy was right underneath, and then you just see the guy, uh, the receiver, I don't remember which one it was, whether it was Taylor Gabriel or Anthony Miller. They run that simple just curl route, and he just didn't throw it, even though he was staring right at him, and, and then just takes that sack. I, I, It was hard to even watch and comprehend what he was thinking. You just think, why aren't you throwing that? I mean, you just throw it. Just throw. You don't even have to worry about where it's at accuracy any of that because there was not even a defender around should we entertain the possibility that maybe more is going on in his mind than than we have than we have uh, imagined uh, you know Kyle it's funny on Monday Night Football Sam Darnold was caught on Mike saying he saw ghosts I mean is that not the definition of seeing ghosts right there from Mitchell Trubisky like you must be seeing things that you're just that are not on the field because you're just so either in your head or you're just not capable of really reading the field on a, a down to down basis. And that's where the bears are at. And so the, the idea of making him throw 54 times, I mean, if that's going to be anywhere near the game plans moving forward, the bears are probably going to struggle because it, it doesn't seem like Mitch is going to be able to consistently be that guy that walks up to the line and says, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do that because the defense is showing this. It's, it's really foolish. And I, that's where I put some of the blame on Nagy. Like, you, you you know who you have here. Like, why put that kind of pressure on the guy when he, you know he can't live up to it right now? You know, maybe it's, maybe, you know, it's a trial by fire thing they're trying to do. I don't know, but you know, if if you want to win games, you know you should play to your strengths. And and you know, Mitch throwing is just not a strength right now. So why even you know go there that many times in a game? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, at least commit to the run, and I get it. If you commit to the run, you could potentially run it three times, gain three yards of carry, and you're punting, and you don't want to do that, but. If you continue to commit to that run, you as a play caller should understand that the defense, if they start feeling that a run is coming, you might be able to get them flat-footed on a pass with play action or just uh, just throwing in the occasional pass. Right now, teams are just reading the pass. There's nothing to worry about with the running game. And so you need a quarterback that, A, can absolutely – you know, thread it and get downfield with the football, knowing that teams know that you are going to attack them in that manner. And Mitch is just not that guy. I mean, if you had Patrick Mahomes, yes. If you had Deshaun Watson, yes. If you had some of these other really great quarterbacks, you know, Drew Brees, maybe even Tom Brady, but 
You have Mitchell Trubisky. You've got to find a way to get him some easy throws and get him some chances to throw downfield against either coverages that are flat-footed or maybe you scheme a guy open because of your commitment to the run. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if you if you you know, didn't do this intentionally, but I think the guy we're facing this week is a guy who you can go up, you can send out there and just, you know, if, I would be much more comfortable having Phillip Rivers throw the ball 50 times in a game than Mitch Trubisky ever at any Absolutely. Time. I mean, Rivers is, is a guy who he's performed great at time, at, at, through much of his career. He hasn't been a guy who's, you know, unfortunately he hasn't been able to breakthrough into the championship rounds like a lot of uh that like you would want in a franchise guy. But you know, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's played in the league just at the same time as Tom Brady and, you know, and, and Peyton Manning. But you know, but you know, Rivers is a is a guy who he has he has swag. He knows what he's doing out there on the field. He's he's not scared. He knows he can get the ball and, and he can thread the ball like you say. And you know he's he's made a he's made a living out of connecting with guys like Keenan Allen and uh, you know Antonio Gates, of course, for a long time. And you know he you know he on any given Sunday, you know he can get you he can get you 400 yards, and that may be an issue this week against the Bears, especially when we look at uh, again the fact that the offensive line is getting stronger for their team. You know, Kung is coming back. And if if the Bears, you know, without again without a team hits, show last week against New Orleans that you know hits is, is very much needed in regards to keeping keeping uh, keeping the pocket contained, uh, you know, getting pressure in the pocket, you know, uh, keeping teams uh, from running inside the tackles, you know, there's a lot that, and and I, I think. Uh, and I listened to Anthony Heron too this week, uh, talking with uh, Lawrence Holmes, and he mentioned just like a lot of the Bears' spirit seemed to be lost without kicks <coughs> on the ball. Like uh, he, he, I think he he mentioned this week, this past week, seeing them, just seeing their effort, and you know, a lot of that, you know, is is sort of reading beyond the typical things. But you know, Heron is a football player; I can trust his opinion on this. Like he just didn't think that. They had the same energy that that they typically have had as a team in the past couple of years, and you know the last thing we want is a, a emotionally or spiritually sunken defense. Uh, and I think if, if they if they're out there feeling that their their whole cause as a defense is uh, being uh, you know being uh, uh, if, if if there's no if there's no hope for them, you know that's really uh, Gonna, I, I'm really gonna be hurting the Bears. I think as much as anything, if they don't feel confident in themselves out there. Yeah, you know, the Bears are are just simply, I think, in a situation where they've got to they've got to start reversing the course themselves on on what's going on. Because you're right. Losing Akeem Hicks has shown that they've lost a little bit of swagger, a little bit of punch on their defense. And, you know, maybe it's just the fact that the run game isn't being stopped. So the pass rush is no longer there and no longer are the turnovers and the sacks. You know, whatever it is, they've got to at least steady the tide a little bit and get this mojo going. And, you know, that's this is sort of, again, where it falls on – on really everybody in that building from coaches down to players. And I'm, I'm glad that the players had a players only meeting and they're trying to figure this thing out without the coaches. And hopefully the coaches had themselves a coaches only meeting and trying to do a little bit of gut check because, you know, they have to absolutely figure out where these little mistakes are happening from players on the field to coaches on the sideline and start eliminating some of these whatever communication issue, game planning issues, on the field issues, and be more of a professional team out there. And if they start doing a little bit more of that, then I think that they can be that team that's you know on the fringe of making the playoffs. But if they keep showing this uh, you know undisciplined 
football on the field as well as on the sidelines. It's going to continue to just look like a giant embarrassment. And they need to find energy from the fact that you don't want to look from being a daunting defense to just suddenly a joke franchise. Yeah, and and the defense already, I I think, looking at the last couple weeks of, uh, you know, people talking about the league and and on TV and stuff like that, like, you're already starting to hear much less mention of the Bears defense. You know, people would people would talk a lot of different things about the Bears, but, you know, they would always give it up to the defense, at least through the first few weeks of the season. But in the past couple of weeks, it's been more about, you know, San Francisco and Dallas and, you know, you know, other teams have been coming on New Orleans and stuff like that. And, you know, the Bears have been get, getting forgotten. And that's really, like I said, here today, gone tomorrow league. So, you know, if, if if you have a couple of weeks, you know, plus a bye where you have bad performances, people are going to put you on the back burner, even if your numbers are are still pretty good. And, uh, you know, hopefully, the like I said, hopefully the Bears can sense that and, uh, you know, bring some more energy back into their performance and, uh, you know, have some pride. And I'm, I'm sure they have plenty of pride in what they're doing, what they've done and what they want to do. But, you know, they, I, that, like I said again, I think they have to feel that they're not being uh, that that they're not being sabotaged every week, you know, because of the play of the offense, and you know that that's going to be tough, tough to get over. And the, and the offense has to do a lot. They have to actually show that they're they're rising to the occasion. I think and do things to make life easier for the defense, such as controlling the ball and keeping the defense off the field and keeping, you know. Uh, you know, control. You know, keeping the defense from getting tired and worn down. You know, throughout the course of games. Yeah, it's got to be complimentary football, and you got to look at just whatever you have. Forget about what you want it to be. Whether you know, when it comes to the coaching staff, down to the players, as I've mentioned, and just start playing to what you are. You have to get to. Uh, you have to earn the right to rush the passer. So you have to stop the run. That involves the entire team. Everybody has to try to start getting more involved and do their part and maybe do more than they had to last year because you had Akeem Hicks. And now it's got to be a change where everybody pitches in and you get fixed that issue so that you can start earning the right to rush the passer and create some of these turnovers. And on offense, I mean, you've got to find a way to control the game somehow. And if it's not by the scoreboard, it's by time of possession it's by keeping the other team's offense off the field. That's how good stuff happens for a team. So you've got to be more in that mindset. You know, Find whatever packages of plays and formations that show that you are most capable of running in these uh, situations and when we do it like this. And that way maybe you can build some play action off it or maybe some quick hitting passes, but get control of the game or you got to go out there and score some points. But to score some points, Kyle, you got to be able to get the ball downfield, and we haven't seen them do that at all this year. Definitely, definitely. Now, you know, we got two teams. Of course, we know that they're going to be looking to each looking to make a statements this week and looking to find some new ways to regain confidence in themselves. So, you know, as we look to towards your spotlight analysis this week, man, you know, uh, there, there's a potential interesting matchups all across the board, you know, on both sides of the ball for both teams. But uh, what, what in, your, in your opinion, you know, what do you think this game is really going to be decided? Uh, you know, any any number of spots where this game could really be decided. This yeah, it, you know, Kyle, I'm, I'm going to go even just a step back at, just because it's really gut check time and you just asked me what's going to be the thing that gets them really going. I think it's head coach Matt Nagy or whoever this play caller is on offense. And, you know, uh, it's Matt Nagy has said he's the play caller, and if that's the case, there should be no more of these excuses. He said all week, I'm not an idiot. I know we have to run the football. He said last week at the end of his post game, you know, hey, I want to run the ball. Hey, you know, I'm not an idiot. I want to run it. You are the play caller. You are the guy that decides what they do. If you say, Mitch, 
you hand this thing off on an RPO, Mitch is going to hand it off on the RPO. You have full control, and you've got to come in with a game plan because this defense is clearly lost a little bit of confidence, and I think that they can get back to being a decent defense. But if they're going to be on the field all game long like they were against the Saints, I mean, you can forget about it. Phillip Rivers is going to carve up a tired defense, and there's a blueprint to beating the Bears, and certainly the Chargers are going to put that blueprint to the test. So it's going to be up to the offense to counter a little bit and give that uh, extra, whether it's control of the clock or maybe some big plays or just running the football to give that defense time to rest. Whatever it is, they have to be able to come into this game and be complimentary. And this just overall week has to be stellar in its preparation and guys getting ready. And that is always on the coaches as well as the players. But certainly Matt Nagy, after a couple weeks where people are wondering, is he maybe not right for this job? Yeah. You, it's, it's interesting, too, you know, you mentioning Nagy in that way. It made me look right away at Anthony Lynn, too, who is going to be opposing him this week. And then there may be some parallels to both of their situations where you got two young coaches, offensive-minded coaches. They both have winning records, actually, in their in, in you know a couple of you know short years as uh, coaches. But they may both be on the hot seat right now because of you know losing football right now, out outright losing football in Lynn's case close to losing football in uh, Nagy's case. So I think it's going to be really interesting to me to see, you know, compare the way that these two teams execute this week and to see if there will be a clear advantage on one side or the other and what that could mean for either coach. Yeah, you know, the worst look Nagy could possibly have is making the same kind of play-calling mistakes – the team doesn't look as prepared as Anthony Lynn's team. Cause you're right. That that's a good comparison that, you know, both of these coaches were fighting for coach of the year. Matt Nagy was the one that won it, but both of these guys are kind of being looked at now as who uh, have, has the league just adjusted to them? Cause they're really not doing the same really good stuff that they were doing before. And uh, for, you know, the bears and for Ryan pace, you pick this guy, and if suddenly Nagy just has a really bad week and he's stacked multiple bad weeks now, when do you get to the point where he needs to be either reined in a little bit or what's the check on Matt Nagy? Because you can't continue to just play silly football. You know, it's one thing if the Bears were losing with a very sensible game plan, but when you have so many question marks about preparation and the game plan, can you even really – look much further than the head coach? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, you know, I, I was I was kind of early on that myself. I was just looking with, uh, you know, a, a, a critical eye at Nagy. But, uh, you know, I, I, just, I want him to turn it around because I think a lot, a lot of things – I think he does a lot of things well as a coach and as a motivator and as a, you know, just a guy who relates well to his players, but he, he still is a young coach and he's, he may, he may need some more developing in some of the more important things like, you know, in-game decision-making and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, outline planning throughout the week and stuff, you know, uh, but, you know, he has promise as a coach, and it would, it would be a shame if in his second season his career gets torpedoed, or at least his career here gets torpedoed. Because I could see, I could definitely see him being a coach who, like, has a failed first job and then goes somewhere else and is great. Like, you know, Carroll or, or Belichick definitely is, a, is an example of that. You know, but you know, if he, he doesn't have enough support or, you know, influence or, or inspiration, I would probably say here in Chicago, I could definitely see him maybe going to a more functioning organization and doing better. But, you know, that's actually that's that's kind of just 
being me being a Jonas Bears fan as well in that way. But break off though and from uh, the the analysis and go into the uh, the headline segment this week where I go through different uh, coverage of the Bears and everything this week and Bears related stuff and uh, try to you know just sort through different things and get. Uh, opinion, different opinions and different uh, views of the way that people are looking at the Bears. And I, one thing that I just saw as a, you know, look, in looking up Lynn, like I said, I just got got to searching Lynn and something that jumps out right at me from this search that I just did is a report from NBC Sports Chicago. Brian Perez writes, Charges Anthony Lynn says Mitch Trubisky reminded him of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's a crazy headline there. Now, I guess this would probably this would probably be a pat on the back for Pace. Because uh, you know, and, and you know, let's let's go back a little bit here. Cause uh this is another thing I saw on uh, on Twitter today. I should seek out this thread. But uh this there was a there was a pretty good thread I saw the, of a guy putting together, uh, you know, uh, screenshots of different scouting reports and uh, draft reports going into the seventeen draft, and you know it, it laid out how clearly the uh, the scouts and everything and prognosticators at the time were saying that you know that Mitch was indeed. One either the top quarterback in that draft or the second. You know, people were people weren't putting him any lower than second in that draft. They were saying that either him or Deshaun Watson were the top quarterbacks in that draft. And as far as Mahomes go, he was either three or four. He was in the mix with Kai, Deshaun Kaiser. So I think a, a lot of people talk about like, oh, now in the moment that was a controversial pick. I think a lot. And a lot, mostly because of the trade, the trade up from three to two. But the fact that, you know, Mitch was designed as the first pick, quarterback pick in that draft really wasn't controversial at all. The only quarterback who you could think of to be picked that high in the draft beyond him was Watson. Mahomes wasn't a factor, not at that level. And, uh, you know, that's really something that I think people really, when they come back now with all this old, imagine picking Trubisky over Mahomes and, and Watson. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Both of those guys have come, have, have established themselves as better quarterbacks. Yes. But when it comes to, you know, and, and you know, and, and maybe, maybe you, maybe we should get away from group. It's one of those opportunities where we could have got away from group think. Where you know you you could have hoped that Pace maybe had a more imaginative mind, and you know maybe maybe he could have had them with had it within himself to take the risk on Mahomes in particular, or to have the sense in realizing that Watson and his experience at Clemson was much more valuable than Trubisky's uh, experience at North Carolina, but you know he didn't. It, as what what ended up happening is that he took the guy who many said was the best quarterback coming in, out of that class, and that's what happened. And what's happened since then is you know it's unfortunate, but it's not out of the it's it's not the worst you know start to a quarterback's career that we've ever seen. It's just been under a great microscope. Then it was you know for unforgiving fan base. But going back to this headline with Lynn, you know, it, it shows that, again, Lynn, this is an offensive-minded guy, a former, you know, a former running back in the league, a former offensive coordinator, and now a head coach. And he says that when he saw Trubisky, he thought of Aaron Rodgers. So that's that's not – that's high praise, however you slice it. And uh, looking at a quote from this piece, uh, Lynn is quoted as saying, he made throws. He had a quick release. He reminded me sometimes of Aaron Rodgers, the way he moved around. If he ever got in a bind, he could create. I just thought he had to toe the package. And, you know, at, we see flickers of that. We haven't seen it consistently, 
but we see flickers of those abilities in him. And it's, you know, where we're at right now, it's, it's really just comes down to how to bring all those things together, those best qualities and niche that we know are available, you know, how to make them consistent in his game. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. The, the draft thing is kind of nonsensical a little bit. I think people can maybe argue if Watson was their guy that the Bears made a big mistake. But outside of that, you know, Trubisky, like you said, was looked at as the second-best quarterback. He impressed a lot of scouts, and a lot of scouts loved him coming into this year. I mean, people feel that he has all the gifts that you would want for your quarterback, and he does. He absolutely does. He has all the traits, but can he put it together, and can he do it consistently? And that's been the thing that just has not developed or come together, and it may get to that point still. I'm not sure with Mitch, but certainly uh, he's got to get help from his his coaches. He's got to get help from his supporting cast, and they got to at least put him in a position where they give him enough responsibility that's that's fair for what he can actually do. And uh, maybe Mitch can still kind of get back to being a, a quarterback with a nice future or at least potential. But at this point in time, uh, certainly the the comparisons to him being to good quarterbacks is only because of flashes in a pan and not because of anything that he has shown for any substantial run. Because, you know, watching this game tonight, you look at Kirk Cousins. He's flashed so well the last three games. And it, it's like, when is the last time that Mitch has even gone on a three-game tear? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... Is is we we need we definitely need to see more, and you know like I said this is the third season of his career. He's he's played it started and for most of that time, so it's, it's tough when you when you see regression. Like even if it was just if he was just doing the same stuff that he was doing last year, that would be no that would be fine. I guess that would fine enough to maybe win more than they're doing now but you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be uh you know the best thing but we're seeing out and out regression and that's tough to deal with you know it's it's that's the type of stuff that makes you want to give up on it yeah and this is a big week for him as well Uh, if matt Nagy, like i said puts him in a better position to succeed Okay, now it's up to you, Mitch. You got to make the throws then when they come to you. Like if we, if suddenly the Bears start running the football and getting some really good production there, and a nice play action call comes in, and you got a receiver wide open downfield. I mean, you got to give it at least the receiver a chance to make the catch. So you got to put the ball in a position to be caught, and there can't be any excuses around it. I mean, it has to get to a point where, it, look, you just got to get the ball there. That's what a quarterback does. And if you can't simply do that part, forget all the rest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just give a little bit more on the quarterback situation before we move on. Um, you know, I had got a headline from Fan Sided and their Bears goggles on, Bear goggles on site. Uh, you know, we talked earlier this week uh, about, um, in, in all 32 we talked about, the Bears needing to get some other options in at quarterback over the next over the course of the next year. We're talking about the upcoming uh, postseason of you know, off season, I should say, and stuff like that. And uh, you know, Bear goggles on. Uh, Rob Schwartz Jr. Uh, writing for Bear goggles on offers three quarterbacks to target in the second round of the 2020 NFL Draft. Of course. The Bears are without a first-round pick in the 2020 draft because of the Khalil Mack trade. They do, uh, you know, they, they they won't pick anybody until 20 to the second round, as of now, you know, unless they make another deal down the line or something. And the second round, we think of it, you know, it's not a bad place to get a quarterback at any at any rate, especially one who you're not, you know, you want to just you know, have as, as at the most as your sack as your solid second guy. Uh, you know, but uh he brings up some 
uh, some top-notch guys. Uh, Jake Fromm from Georgia is an is an option that he's you know putting out there. Jacob Eason from Washington uh, is a, another option, and Jordan Love from Utah State. Uh, that's not the, that's the one guy out of the list who I don't have much uh, of a reference for. But the other two guys, top uh, top quarterbacks from big name schools, and uh, you know just you know give your thoughts right quick on you know. You know, there, there's a there's been a lot of talk about trading guys, uh, you know, trading for another quarterback. You know, Cam Newton has come up, Marcus Mariota. Uh, you know, but I think maybe maybe targeting a young quarterback out of the draft next year may be the best option. What do you think? Uh, certainly, I think the Bears have to draft a quarterback. Uh, you know, maybe you don't draft one if you trade for a veteran or something like that. Because, you know, there will be some guys yeah. as a free agent that you could potentially go after, like a Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. They look primed to be moving on. If you wanted one of those retreads and keep Trubisky for a year, I, I guess I could maybe understand that. But to me, it would be, uh, I think, hard to not draft a quarterback and, and at least have that guy on the roster, especially when they've been playing musical chairs with roster spots uh, all this year. I mean, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to have a quarterback, a third stringer that you have developing while you try a couple uh, real quick options in another year of Mitch or a change of scenery for James Winston or Marcus Mariota and then have another guy developing so that every year you're just having competition at, at that spot until you find a real solution of a starter that can go out there and execute week in and week out. And uh, I think based on how the draft's looking right now, I would say that there's probably going to be a couple guys that they could at least potentially target in the second round. But, uh, of course, it, it, you never know because once uh, the season ends, that's when the draft process really begins and – if these quarterbacks show up in the workouts and finish the season strong, uh, you might see five or six quarterbacks taken in the first round. You never know. Yeah, especially given, you know, there's always a need for quarterbacks to see in the league, especially, uh, you know, in, in, in recent years, it seemed like the need has been there either for starters even, not even for, for franchise guys so much as backups. And we've seen, you know, this year has become classified as a year to backup because a lot of teams have had backups come in and be needed for extensive periods of time. So it, it's sort of like, like, like I think, I think you remember, you remember this, Ryan, where the whole thing, like a few years back, was like you, you definitely had to have two running backs. Mm-hmm. Or you definitely had to have a change of pace back. You know, along with your feature guy, but you know, it seems like now the whole thing is, you know, you better have two quarterbacks if you want to win. Because if you if you don't have two, then you're giving up games because your you know your top guy is probably going to get injured at some point throughout the year. And you know, as competitive as these division races are, these uh, wild card races are, you know, you don't want to give up games at any point of the season. Yeah, and, you know, even if it's not in the realm of winning, and I completely agree with you, you need really two quarterbacks because your season can end if that quarterback goes down and you don't have a guy that can at least step in and kind of fill the void and keep the offense running if it's not humming, at least running, and that you're not completely busted. But the other thing, too, is you just want to always be developing a quarterback because you never know how things are going to go with a contract situation. You never know how things are going to go with injuries like we talked about. You never know if maybe you got a guy that you really like and you can trade away somebody else for assets. And that's a thing that the Patriots have done consistently uh, over the last few years. So uh, it just there's no, I think, real negative to – drafting the most valuable position in sports over and over and making sure that that's a strong position on your 53-man roster. 
definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, I guess one more. I just throw out one more headline. Uh, last week we uh we mentioned uh Eddie Jackson in regards to uh you know people starting to look at his performance out there and seeing that he's not really having as much of an impact as he had last year. And uh, you know with uh, the context last week was about him not having an interception. And uh, the, yet this season, and that didn't change, unfortunately, against New Orleans. But uh, you know, we still see, you know, still got to check in and see how uh, things will go turn out for him. But uh, it seems like this week, uh, some of the attention has turned on to Roquan Smith. And you know, with Roquan, there's some, there's a little bit more complicated things going on with him. You know, we had that, we had that issue off the field a couple weeks ago that. Uh, prior to the bye that, you know, people still haven't really been able to get into. But uh, in general, people are just not seeing, you know, we're not really seeing as much of Roquan as he had in his great rookie year. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of different headlines out there. Uh, you know, the Tribune has once said, quoting Chuck Pagano, says Roquan is going to be fine. And the Sun-Times has a couple of headlines saying that the Bears are looking for more from linebacker Roquan Smith and another one uh, just coming down the pipe today that says Bears confident Roquan Smith will return to form. So, uh, you know, let's get your thoughts on that, Ryan. You know, he's definitely an important part of the defense, uh, a playmaker in in many different ways, uh, a potential leading tackler for years to come. But, uh, He's also very young and, uh, you know, maybe I guess I don't know if he's hitting just a little bit of a growing pains uh, thing here. But, you know, what, what do you think about uh, what we're seeing from Roquan this year? Yeah, you know, a lot of mystery because we don't know. Obviously, the personal issues seem to be connected to this where he missed that uh, Vikings game. Uh, really late it seems like this is still stemming from it and who knows what's going on and hopefully you know they can figure this out because certainly if Roquan for whatever reason if this became such a huge deal and he couldn't really play for the Bears and have a future with them that's another first rounder that really hasn't worked out and that might be another one with Mitch Trubisky that was definitely one with Kevin White and uh, Leonard Floyd sort of on the fence still. So you got to f- kill it in the first round if you're Ryan Pace. And if and Roquan seemed like the guy that was the bona fide, yeah, this, they've got a definite star here. And if he's just not able to really develop, then th- that's going to be a big-time problem. But I think uh, certainly it's very early. Things can turn around quickly. Even if it's not this year, he can definitely come back next year and have a big-time season. So it's not – I think time to panic, but you just, you'd really like to see him go out there, have a good game, even if it's not some all pro type game, but just a good game where he's active, making some plays like he did in that opener against green Bay, where he was noticeable a few times. You just want to see that knowing that he's going at least in the right direction and that maybe he is able to start putting whatever the issue has been with him in behind him and, and move forward a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of adjustments that you know you have to make, and you know coming from you know college to the pros as a, as a football player and everything, and you know just having talent isn't necessarily going to carry you all the way and carry you through all the things that you know you may have to deal with as a man, just transitioning through a, a you know a pretty challenging point in life. And, uh, you know, like we saw last year, Roquan stepped up in a lot of ways. You know, he had the, the holdout issue going into the season, and that seemed to be a thing where people were challenging him and the way he was being represented. But he got past that and had a, a pretty great rookie year. But now, you know, this other stuff has popped up here in the second year. So it's like, you know, we, we never, like I said, we don't know exactly what's going on, but you never know what's going on in in a man's life, in a man's inner circle until you, you know, unless you're in there yourself. So you just got to hope to hope for the best and hope that nothing's going on too wrong or corrupt or nothing. 
I think if that was the case, he would be he wouldn't have been welcomed back to the team like he was. You know, he may have missed more time than he did. So, you know, maybe it's not too big of an issue that we're seeing off the field and you know, but still there's some stuff that's sinking onto the field, I guess, with him because he's not been as uh, you know, his contributions on the field hasn't been the same that they were. But you know, at the like we just said with Eddie Jackson, that's been the same for quite a few of the of the Bears players. And and when you look at last season, that was such an awesome season that the defense had. It's, it's kind of hard to and, and that's one of the things that a lot of people from outside Chicago in particular was saying uh coming into the season, like, you know, how can you expect a defense like that to perform every year? And, like they did in 2018, you really can't, and that's kind of what we're seeing right now with with the 2019 Bears. They're they're still an effective defense in a lot of ways, but they're not that same potentially record breaking defense that we saw last year. Yeah, uh, you know they, they've got to show up. They got to start showing out if they want to still be that elite defense. Because right now they are what everybody predicted they were going to be, which is a regression. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like I say, more more to prove coming up this week. Uh, you know, at least they're at home again. But, you know, I guess that kind of puts pressure on you, too. You don't want to waste another home contest. But, you know, those this, the pressure's there now. The stakes are there. The Bears know what they're dealing with. And they just got to show up, you know, show up and show out. They don't, then the season's pretty much going to be on the brink and ready to fall, uh, fall off. But uh, you know, all, all we could do is is watch and uh <laughs> and respond. So we'll definitely be doing that again next week with uh, another Bear Necessities podcast, and prior to that, uh, another offense too. But uh, for now, we're uh, we're gonna gonna head out. Oh, I got uh, give my I'll give my my spread pick right quick. Uh, I think the Bears are, they're being given four points again. Uh, they're being given points again. Uh, I guess that's sort of uh, due to the fact that the Chargers are losing team and the Bears are at home. Uh, man, I I don't want to get burnt with the Bears, man. I'm, I'm sort of like a child who got his hands uh, stuck on the, on the stove, man. I don't want to get burnt. So I, I'm, I'm kind of still. I kind of want to stay away from the Bears this week, man. I think. I, I, I think. It's tough. I, I don't know what to it, expect from the Bears either. Yeah, it's that's the thing. You don't know. You don't know what to get from this team, and it's like, okay, I, I definitely want them to win. I and I halfway expect them to win, but to even expect them to win by more than three points, like can. It's hard to be that confident. It's hard to say, like, oh, they're going to go out there and win by a touchdown. A touchdown. It's like, even against this this bad, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, bad Chargers team, you can't say that because the Bears haven't at any point in this season proven that they can score enough to really outdo anybody. So it's like, you know, four points, you know, if you, if you really love the Bears that much, then and you're betting with your heart, go ahead. But if you're betting with your head, I wouldn't go for it. I would say go with the Chargers plus four on the road. And, uh, yeah, ride with that. Mm, heard it here first. Yeah. So I'm, I can't be immediate, man, especially with your money. If you're putting money down, don't be immediate. Unless you're playing me. <laughs> right. Right. Unless you pick it against Ryan, don't be a beast. Otherwise, but, uh, I'll take that money. Yeah, for sure. We all, yeah, I will too, definitely, definitely. But yeah, this is just for entertainment purposes. But uh, you know, if you don't blame me if you lose your money, but uh, you know, like and say, definitely don't up. blame me. <laughs> You're right. This uh, this don't try to have some fun with it, and uh. If you could, if you could bet the Bears and, and gain some money at the same time, oh, that's all the better. You know, but, but that I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily rely on that at this point in time. I'm with that. But uh, yeah, 
But yeah, let's we're gonna head out though, man. Uh, hope you guys enjoy your weekend, enjoy your football, and uh, yeah, it's it's getting a little cold out there, man. So keep yourself protected, man, and uh, you know, just uh, navigate these streets, put the layers on. You know, we know we all know how to get down here in Chicago, so uh, you know, keep yourself protected and keep keep getting your money. You know, you don't want to get sick and put out on your money or do your job or whatever, but uh. You know, hope you, you know, enjoy yourself, enjoy whatever time you get to watch football. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. And uh, in the meantime, just keep bearing down.